0: And I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 162, and welcome once again to uh, my Arizona, my Phoenix front porch, my brand new front porch here. Uh, this week, uh, I set up uh, a brand new hummingbird feeder. I was really excited about it. I've had it for a little bit, but it's so crazy I haven't set it up. And so, all week long, I have been waiting for these sweet little birds to show up, and there's been nothing. Nothing. Like, there's birds that come around, but I always have this weird thought that, like, you know, I'm new to the neighborhood, so the birds don't know that, you know, there's this new guy that's kind of sitting out there, and he, is he safe? Is he a threat? I don't know. So, uh set up uh, this bird feeder this week and just waited, and nothing and nothing, and then yesterday, not even kidding, I was sitting out here. And I was reading and listening early in the morning. And then this little hummingbird came over and started drinking out of this thing. And you would have thought, it was like, for me, it was like the adult version of Santa Claus showing up. Like, it was so exciting. I was like, oh, stay cool, man. Stay cool. Don't freak the bird out. And I was like uh, laughing at myself going like, I can't believe how excited I am to see this sweet little bird. But the I have a hummingbird feeder now. And I have a hummingbird that's now coming bit so The front porch here in Phoenix is uh, taking a next step up in that now I have a hummingbird. So, so excited and so excited that you have tuned in. So excited that many of you continue to listen to this podcast week in and week out. Thank you so much. Uh, I met a couple of people this week who were like new to the podcast who had just started listening to it. And I thought, wow, it's so cool. And somebody had told, me, told them about it. So thank you for those of you who are like sneezing that out there. I uh, love that. And uh, thank you for those of you who continue to give on Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash front porch confessional. Thank you for your donations. It means a lot. It helps me to be able to keep things rolling around here. So, uh, our passage. So, if you if you if you have, haven't listened to episode uh, one fifty, I think it's actually one sixty 160 and one sixty one. Uh, we've been going through this passage in Second Corinthians. Uh, we started in verse uh, three uh, in episode one sixty one. Uh, went in verse four, and now we're in verse five. And uh, and I, I just I, this passage for me it. I, I I was just going to do the one verse. I was actually just going to do this verse. And then when I, I backed up and I read uh, a little bit more of the context, I thought, wow, I I need to introduce this whole thing because I think it's really important. And I think a part of the reason why it's so important is, uh, is the context in which we find ourselves. Con- context in which Paul and this early church found themselves, but the context in which we find ourselves right now is very, very interesting. So it struck me kind of, odd. And so I started processing through this passage a lot. And so if you want to go back, you can listen to episode uh, 160, 161, and then we'll kind of conclude here in um, in verse 5. Uh, so 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 5, it says this, we demolish arguments and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to to Christ, uh, when uh, I was a youth pastor, one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. So, uh, when we were packing up the house, I found this picture uh, of me, and it was probably a year, uh, probably four or five in youth ministry. So, year four or five in youth ministry, and um, I took these kids on like a. It was like a. It was a hiking trip. I mean, we went to northern Wisconsin, and we hiked. I mean, it was miles and miles and miles of hiking and then you would set up camp and then you'd tear it down and then you'd hike and hike and hike you know set up camp and tear it down and so on and so forth but you had all these different cool like excursions during the day stops around the lake things like that so we came to this one like riverfront that kind of where it was like a it was like a, a big river that turned in kind of a smaller river and we saw all these fish that were kind of in the river. And I was telling the kids, like, I think we can get these fish. I think we can catch one of these fish. And all the kids were like, no way, no way. And so basically we just dug all this dirt and started digging in around these fish to the point where they didn't kind of necessarily know what was going on, and uh, dug it around, and then we started bringing it in, and bringing it in, and bringing it in. It took a good long time, but over, I don't know how many hours it was, uh, we ended up having one fish, a big fish that we had kind of pulled into this one little area. And I remember this this picture that was so cool is me holding this fish up in the air. I mean, I'm like holding it up in the air because I caught it with my hands. And all the kids are like cheering. It was like this great moment. But that's the picture I had in my head as it relates to about taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. It was like this process of bringing it in and bringing it in and bringing it in and now capturing it. And so this passage has really got me wound up thinking about what are the wars that we're waging? What are the weapons that we've been called to use? And with all the knowledge that we have of the kinds of wars we're to wage and those weapons in which we use, You know, I think that what I see here is Paul's kind of transitioning us into, well, what do we do? Like, how do we go after this, and what are we after, and what does that mean? And, and he says that as Christians, right, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I thought, wow, I got to think on that. It's so important. And you got to remember, like Paul is with this young church. He's with this young church and he's trying to help them kind of move forward into the ways of God. And, and, and then you have a culture that's kind of antithetical to that and kind of pulling the people away. And so he's challenging them to kind of work through uh, what wars and he's kind of worked through what weapons. And now it's like, this is what we need to do. And, and, and so when, a lot of times when you hear this passage, and at first when I started hearing this passage, you know, you kind of have this peanut gallery in your mind like, yes, amen, preach it, brother. You know, like, go after it. You know, and I think a lot of times we look at a passage like this and it feels like kind of it's us versus them, right? You know, that we're going to tell them how wrong they were. Tell the world how wrong they are. Tell them their faults, Right? Tell them everything that they've done wrong and how we're different. Right? And and yet what I was challenged with as I went after this, as I'm trying to dig a little bit deeper, and, and I was challenged is like Jesus always starts with the premise about how about you? How about your heart? And I find this, I find that we struggle to examine ourselves with a passage like this that we really like again because it feels like us versus them it's like this is we're, we're coming up against them right instead of going no there's something going on inside of me because if we're not careful we create this kind of uh, positional polarity you know what i mean because you know we are the people of god and we're good and everyone else is bad and jesus is like all throughout scripture, he's, he's, he's kind of using this as a kind of an analogy of going like, hey, 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 examine the log in your own eye, the faults in your own life, in your own heart, before we start addressing it in our neighbor's eye and everyone else's eye. And so this is why I think this, this passage is so important and these three verses are so important because I think in, on one end, yes, this does impact the world around us. But then on a whole other thing that I think a lot of times we neglect is like, but what about me? Where's my heart at? Where have I kind of gone left where I should have gone right and maybe gone right where I should have gone left? Or maybe he's telling me to stay neutral on something that I've just decided to make a very, very strong, bold, you know, this is how it is, and made a a very black and white uh, 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 statement statement. As opposed to going, oh, no, 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 actually, there's some gray here. And there's some that, that, that we need to have some charity in some of this. I, w- I wonder if that might be the case because what I was watching and thinking about was that a year ago, the world shut down. And what I, I find is it not just from a pandemic, but I think in so many other ways, you know. And the hardest part for me personally, the most discouraging part for me was watching Christians come up and attack other Christians. Christians attacking Christians. Instead of abolishing arguments and pretensions, we intensified it, and even worse, we did it in the name of Jesus. A lot of people did. And so I started thinking through this, I'm like, wow, I think this is so important, and I think we need to talk about this so then i started going well what is the knowledge of god right because we're tearing down these things and we're abolishing those things but because of the knowledge of god that's where we want to move people towards well what is that well i think it's that god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life i think it's if you give up your life you'll lose it i think it's love your enemies as yourself. Love your enemies. Love others as you love yourself. I think it's like when people condemn you, you forgive them. The picture I have in my mind that's so vivid is the people mocking Jesus and he forgives them. Like, what would that look like in my life? To actually live that out. What, How convicting to live a life like that. To seek and save the lost. He says that, about Zacchaeus, a, per, a person that nobody, the most hated person in the town, Jesus goes and he has lunch with, has a meal with. And he says, I came to seek and save the lost, to be a part of bringing life and life to the full wherever we go. And so the thing I've been working through and wrestling with as it relates to this particular passage and I would say in trying to wrap my head around what is the knowledge of God about the kingdom of God is did we move forward the good news of Jesus Christ during this last year as believers? Did we fulfill the great commission that we've been called to? You know, and, and, and the thing for me is like I have to personally ask this. I have to ask, if, did I abolish did I abolish arguments? Did I, did, I, did I come after pretenses that came up against the knowledge of God? Did I do that? Or did I perpetuate it? Because that impacts that impacts my, my gospel message in this world. Helping people come to know and see Jesus, I have to personally ask this question and so do you. So then the question is, so what do we do then? Like, what do we do? We take captive Every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. What would it look like if we did this? I mean, think about it. It's not about it's not about what I want or what I think is fair. Or it's what, what would Jesus want? How would Jesus do this? I love that it said that that we're to take every right. I love the word every. We're to take every thought captive. Every thought. We can't just passively let a, a thought or opinion go unchecked. It all matters, and it all has kingdom ramifications. Now, I, I want to be careful, and I said this early, but I just I want to make sure I'm careful, right? Yes, this passage is about a culture that is not living according to the gospel, right? And that culture is called the world. But we need to ask ourselves, how can we distinguish... That we are different than the world. How are we different? Jesus came to us and was different than the world. Where there was hate, he loved. Where there was division, he built bridges. Where there was pride, he selflessly served. And what I've been working through, and I want to challenge you with, is are we actively doing this? Because this is the war we're called to fight. And if we're not careful, we start creating this us versus them instead of, of what about the war in me? What are the things that I'm not submitting every thought to Christ? And as a result of not doing that, it kind of work backwards against the things that I've been called to. Instead of I instead of doing a liberating, life giving work in our culture and community. We actually just become just like everybody else. That we argue and we divide and we point fingers. And instead of pointing to Jesus, we point them to our own opinion, our own reality, the things that make us comfortable. And I want to challenge all of us to really bring every thought into conviction. Be convicted about the thoughts you have, be convicted about the things you've thought about other people and bring that to the Lord and ask him to cleanse you. I'm going to I'm doing that here on the front porch. Please Lord, please forgive me. Because our external realities will be defined by our internal obediences. I think that's really important. Our external realities will be defined by our internal obediences. So the question I'll leave you with is this, how do you look like Jesus? How do you look like Jesus? Heavenly Father, we fall so short. And as a result of that, we fail in what you've called us to do. But we love that your grace is sufficient and your mercies are new every morning. And so we say yes and amen to that. For your glory and your honor, help us to continue the work that you've begun in us. So, take a breath. Reflect. Believe in God be in mercy.